Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joe Tossi from TechTables.com, and you're listening to the Public Sector Show by TechTables. This podcast features human-centric stories from public sector CIOs, CISOs, and technology leaders across federal, state, city, county, and higher education. You'll gain valuable insights into current issues and challenges faced by top leaders. Through interviews, speaking engagements, live podcast tour events, we offer you a behind-the-mic look at the opportunities top leaders are seeing today. And to make sure you never miss an episode, head over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and hit that follow button and leave a quick rating. Just tap the number of stars that you think this show deserves. And to continue this darn good conversation, head over to the Q&A section on Spotify. Hello, Joe. Thank you very much. Yeah, excited to have you here. Uh, Emilio, for those in the audience who don't know you yet, can we just kick off with a little bit about your background? And before we kick off today's episode, I want to give a big thank you to one of our brand partners who keeps this podcast free to the listener. Nagara is a leading provider of digital government services, partnering with state, local, and federal clients on some of their most strategic technology projects. Nagara offers expertise in digital services, legacy modernization, case management, data and AI, service desk, cybersecurity, and more. Make sure to check out nagaro.com. That's N-A-G-A-R-R-O.com. Sure, I'll be happy to. Uh, I think it's an interesting background. So I started with Cyber Florida in July last year. And it was hired to help manage and carry out the mission for a critical infrastructure risk assessment. The state legislator signed it to Cyber Florida in July last year, and that has somewhat changed the mission of Cyber Florida. We created a campaign around it, cybersecureflorida.org. Before joining Cyber Florida, I worked for Tampa Electric Company as the emergency management director. There about four and a half years, did a lot of emergency management response, recovery, planning, exercises. I worked for Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, the financial sector, was a global life safety manager. So did a lot around planning as well, exercises, that nature. I also worked for the Tampa Port Authority for a year and a half as the director of safety and training. And the bulk of my adult life, I worked for Tampa Fire Rescue. I started as a firefighter, worked my way up the ranks. I was a division chief of special operations. I had the specialty teams like the fire boats, the hazmat team, search and rescue teams, the canines, SWAT medics. That's where I really got introduced into risk assessments. I did a lot of risk assessments, physical, working with partners at the police department and DHS because we did a lot of special events and we still do a lot of special events here in Tampa. Gas Pearl Parade every year. We had a couple of Super Bowls that were here in Tampa. We had the Republican National Convention in 2012. So because of all the experience and knowledge I gained in the risk assessments is one reason why Cyber Florida brought me on board to help with this risk assessment that we're conducting throughout the state. Yeah, that's fantastic. So let's just roll the clock back. So you're a firefighter. At what point along the journey are you thinking... I'm going to move on from this career, and then you go to the Tampa Port Authority. Can you maybe just dive into that a little bit? It's very interesting. It's one of those careers, law enforcement's similar. You get into it, you get ingrained into the mission. You just, I loved it so much. I really loved my years there, 29 of them. And I was approached one day and asked me, would you consider coming to work for us? And that's the first time when it hit me, I thought, wow. I'm getting recruited to go work somewhere else. So I looked at it. I applied, interviewed. They offered me the job. And I thought, I really can't pass this up. This is a really unique opportunity. So I jumped on it. I was moving into the private sector. I'd worked government my whole life. But it was a very interesting time for me to learn the differences between government and private sector. 
and it just went from there and then other opportunities presented people that I know the network I've built I just got people call me and they say hey there's a job opportunity here are you interested so I would apply jump to the next one and the next one and kind of happened here in Central Florida as well. So it's really all about the network that I developed over the years at Tampa Fire that ended up me being here because of people that I worked with. I love that. And for those who are listening on the podcast and not watching it on video, Emilio is rocking the Cyber Secure Florida hat. It's like he got his own merch line. So let's go a little bit more. So Let's just hear more about the role now that you play on the cyber risk assessment process for critical infrastructure across the state of Florida. Absolutely. I'd love to get into this. <clears throat> this is one of those things that I get up in the morning and it's exciting. Who can I talk to today? Who can I contact, email, phone call, talk to in person to talk to them and convince them to participate in this risk assessment? So it's really a mission that is so easy to get behind. And I really thought it was going to be easy to push it out and get participation. But as is the nature, people are suspicious. And whenever you're talking about cyber, they're suspicious and always cautious about what they get involved in. So in July last year, the legislature signed us a mission. And it's pretty broad. Basically, they said, we want Cyber Florida to conduct a critical infrastructure risk assessment of the state's critical infrastructure and submit a report January 9th and the final report June 30th with actionable solutions to prepare Florida and build more resilience against significant cyber attacks. That is the mission they assigned to us, very broad. I believe they really didn't know what they were asking for. Because when you think about the 16 sectors and the 54 subsectors, we have probably tens of thousands of critical infrastructure entities in the state. It's a monumental ask. So we knew right away, this has to be a mission where we're gonna meet people in person, we're gonna shake hands, we're gonna build trust, build relationships, so we can get involvement, engagement, and participation in this very important initiative. We are trying to establish a baseline for the state of Florida. I've learned, and I don't come from the IT background like you heard my back, my short bio. I have learned that a lot of people are asking, we need cybersecurity help, or we need cybersecurity training. But it needs to be a lot more detailed than that, because there's a lot of training out there. There's a lot of help out there. So we need to drill it down a little bit more into details. But this risk assessment can help us get there. Like I said, we're establishing the baseline. So we knew right away it needed to be a grassroots campaign. We needed a tool that we needed to use that was going to be easy to use. It's not too invasive. We knew we couldn't ask them to put this onto their server. That was a non-starter. It had to be something that they can go to online, answer some questions, submit the results. But they needed to get something in return. We can't just ask for information and give nothing in return. Idaho National Lab has developed a cybersecurity evaluation tool, and all of our listeners probably are familiar with it. It's been around for about 18 years. Idaho National Lab developed it, sponsored by CISA, and it's been used for the last 18 years, been downloaded about 100,000 times. So it's a very good tool, very reliable, and it can be measured against many different standards. So we chose to measure against the NIST cybersecurity framework. It's about 108 questions. And we also wanted to add a ransomware component. So we added 48 questions of a ransomware readiness assessment for a total of 156 questions. What's unique to our uh, instance is that they created an instant just for Cyber Florida. And this instant has been downloaded onto a server at USF. 
we're the ones, the custodians, we're responsible for the data. We're going to look at the data, we're going to aggregate the data, we're going to look at recommendations, we're going to look at trends, and we're going to include that in our final report. We're not putting the actual data on the answers in the report. The trends and recommendations are what's going to be sent to the governor, the leaders of the House and the Senate, and the Florida Cybersecurity Advisory Council by June 30th of this year. So that's our overall mission, and we've partnered with Idaho National Lab, and our uh, CSET 2 is also confidential. So we're not asking for the name of the company. We're not asking for their address. We do ask for a zip code and an email address so we can correspond with you. And at the end, when you answer all the questions, which by the way, are all either yes or no, we're not asking detailed information. We're not asking for how many ports are open or when your patches are done. We're asking basic questions like, do you have a cybersecurity training program? Do you have a CIO? Do you have a CISO? Do you exercise your response recovery plans with your third parties, vendors, suppliers? Those are the kinds of questions we're asking, but we're still able to get some really good recommendations and trends off of those. So really the audience and participants should feel comfortable participating in a risk assessment. We're not getting into their system. There are yes or no questions that are high level. All the information is being held by us at USF. We're not sending the actual answers to the state. We're sending them recommendations and trends. So it's a really clean and they should feel comfortable and confident when they do submit their report, their, their results to us. At the end, they can download, they can print, they can PDF their own set of reports that they get to keep, seven of them. And private sector and public sector are highly encouraged to participate. We need all critical infrastructure sectors. And by the way, probably 80% of critical infrastructure are owned by the private sector. So it is critical that we get them to participate. And one way we can do that is take this no cost confidential risk assessment, download your own set of reports. You can see your score. You can see your vulnerability, take it to your leadership, tell them this is where we need to apply some funds. After they apply the funds and improve their system, take the assessment again and you'll see your score change. What a way to prove return on investment as far as the dollars and the funds that you're investing in cybersecurity. You see the gap from the first assessment, apply solution to it, and then you can see the improvement. <clears throat> Those are some of the things that we are using to try and convince entities to participate in our risk assessment. Why do you think there's such resistance to, to, I, and I see this not just like in, in probably where you're at, cause you're going out shaking hands, kissing babies, evangelizing the important mission. But wh why is there such resistance to this from private sector to public sector? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. There is definite resistance and it's, people are very cautious and I think they're very scared as am I of a cyber attack, which we know in Florida, there have been, you can look it up on the internet. We got Tallahassee Memorial Hospital that got attacked, they need water, and, and this just goes on and on. We know that it's happening. They're very concerned about where the answers are going. They're very concerned with someone getting their answers and being able to find a vulnerability to attack them. So we're trying to explain, like I did earlier, all the safeguards we have in place. And the actual answers are not actually showing vulnerabilities, it's showing trends. 
and we're not going to send that to the state. People are just generally concerned. And, and another one is people will say, you're not taking the address, you're not taking the name, but you're getting my email address, which actually shows I work for a county. So I work for a county and I work for a water department. Now they know who I am, which yes, that's true. But in order to establish a robust, comprehensive report for the state of Florida, legislators and governor to act on, we need the data. I think it's worth sharing it with us to populate a very good report so the state can direct funding, they can direct either legislation, some sort of movement, some sort of action, so we can do things in the state to make cybersecurity stronger for everyone in the state. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's, that's definitely super fascinating, especially being able to show the trends and the ROI. I know, I think the Every, what you said about everyone being scared about a cyber attack and how do folks sleep at night and how do they get through that. But something I found is from some of the best, and I normally interview folks in the public sector, but it goes for private sector is collaboration and communication and awareness and having that awareness training and, and just understanding that a lot of folks, I'm here running this podcast and I have, I'm passing stuff off to my wife. Nope, that's a phishing email. Nope, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't open that. That's bad. Or con- And people get scammed all the time. And it's it just, and how you, I think the, we talk about being like the, the, the first layer of protection is going to be humans, right? And the, having that awareness and evangelizing it, especially on the education front is much needed across the country and especially in the state of Florida. Could you maybe specifically talk about some of the unique challenges on the local government front with critical infrastructure? I know you said that private sector makes up 80%, but that 20% on the local government side, you just maybe walk us through some of the challenges and maybe how you overcome those challenges to get those local governments uh, in the game. Oh, I'd love to. Local governments started out very reluctant, but we just kept chipping away and talking and sharing information and meeting with them, going to their meetings, going to a variety of meetings throughout the state, sharing the message, talking about the benefits, talking about this, the assessment, talking about the the report. And if they want the state to do something, they need to participate and let their voice be heard in Tallahassee of what the issues are and what the vulnerabilities are. We also started providing additional resources beyond just that reports. So what we have done up in North Florida, in two counties in particular, Union County and Jackson County, and we invited representatives from the surrounding counties. So we are actually able to reach probably 45 to 50 people in those areas. We put together a cybersecurity tabletop exercise. So we delivered them an exercise and we showed them this is what could happen. This is how you could be impacted. Then I step up and I talk about the risk assessment and I share the deck. And then we're also working with MITRE, which I'm sure a lot of people know about MITRE, a federally funded corporation that does a lot of good work with the federal government. They're helping us with outreach. They're helping us with focus groups and they're helping us with the final report. So they'll get up and they'll start asking questions on a focus group. What do you need from the state? Tell me what you want us to tell the state. So since we started that, we've gotten a real good engagement and we've gotten more participation in the risk assessment. And we saw a significant bump in our results because of those two outreach efforts. And we're doing it again up in the panhandle. 
for the Panhandle Area Education Consortium do the same format. This has been very successful. So we're going to continue with that mission. We're going to do one in Hillsborough County, which is the Tampa area next month on June 21st. So that is like the, the secret sauce we have found to get us the most activity. So that's what we're going with for the rest of this year. Give them something, teach them something, and then they buy in because we're showing them where they could be attacked. And it helps too that we were in Union County. Liberty County was hit by ransomware just a few weeks before. So that kind of helps as well. Yeah, it's people, folks wake up when it happens to them which is a bummer. That's not, you, you want to be proactive, not reactive. Okay. So you're, well, I was curious, which you're on the road, you're meeting with these folks. What are some of your favorite ways to keep sea levels engaged on the cybersecurity front? You're going on the road. I love to know, like, how do you keep people engaged on the topic when you're in the room? It's like being a salesman and I tell you, I've never really liked doing that kind of work. But this mission, like I said earlier, is so easy to get behind. I think everyone in the state is concerned with cybersecurity. Everyone is concerned with ransomware attacks, but it's getting them to just take that final step to take the risk assessment. So I've talked not only to the C-suites, but I'll talk to anyone, IT manager, I don't care who it is. I'll talk to anyone about cybersecurity because I think everyone in the state needs to know about it. Probably 90% of all the cyber attacks involve some sort of human machine interface. Someone's clicked on something they shouldn't have. So we need to educate everyone in the state. But I sit down, I'll talk to people, I'll send emails, laying out basically what the benefits are and the process of this risk assessment, the no cost, the confidential, and the benefits to the state informing them so they can take action it really is a, a grassroots campaign around our campaign, uh, cybersecureflorida.org, which anyone can go to participate in the risk assessment if you live in the state of Florida. If you have IT, OT systems in Florida, I ask you to participate. I really just go and I just continue with the mission. It has worked so far. We've gotten up to almost 400 entities that have signed into the tool. I just keep with the same message. It's gotten us to this point. Let's keep pushing with it until we get to our drop dead deadline, which is June 20th for the final report. Yeah, no, I love that. I keep, I circled the grassroots campaign and the fact that you'll talk to anybody about this because you're talking to me on a Friday and it is 5.30 in yes. Florida and Emilio is committed to the mission. I don't know if I would be talking to myself at 5.30 on a Friday. Anyways, <laughs> I didn't want to pass on this. You did say, I think it was on the 21st, you're going to have an event in Hillsborough County could you just maybe talk about that event a little bit more? What does the structure look like if if someone in Hillsborough County or the, or the surrounding area is looking at coming to this type of event? What would they expect from you from, from Cyber Florida? Sure, I'd love to do that. It's going to be the same format. We have finally, I think, found our secret formula to get buy-in and get participation. And that is we will meet at a building downtown and it's a USF building downtown. So we will do introductions and we will start with the tabletop exercise. We have a retired FBI agent who worked in cyber crimes for probably 20 years. So she will deliver this tabletop exercise and will somewhat put a little fear in the participants. So if anyone surrounding Hillsborough County that wants to participate, just send me an email 
and we will make sure that you get the invitation. We just set the date today, June 21st, and the location. So we haven't even had a chance to design any kind of invitation and send it out. But anyone on the call that wants to participate, just reach out to me. I'd be happy to let you know when, uh, what to bring with you, which typically is bring a laptop. And then after the tabletop, I'll step up because like here, the agent's going to scare you. Here, I'm going to show you a way that you can do a risk assessment, look at your vulnerabilities, and then take to your leadership, apply some applications or systems to improve your risk, reduce your vulnerability, and then we talk about focus groups. What do you want us to tell the state? So that, that seems to be a really good formula, and we're going to continue with it till the end of the year and we get our numbers up. That's great. And how receptive has the state been to taking feedback? Like, What's your experience working with the state on the whole uh, to, to close the loop? Because you're collecting it, but how do we close that loop on that in Tallahassee? We have been working closely with the state, with the Florida Digital Service. We have met with them on numerous occasions. We've traveled to Tallahassee. We've talked to them. We've laid out our plan. We've gotten advice from them, gotten some input. They've given us some good advice on some certain directions, which we really appreciate. We've met with legislative staff. We've met with governor staff, mainly just to update them on what we're doing and the progress that we are making. So we were transparent. We're going to let you know what we're doing and how we're doing it. There's nothing to hide. Our mission is very basic. Collect the data, put a report together, send it to the state of Florida. Something that is, I think, so critical to all of us that live in the state, as well as the critical infrastructure. Yeah, that's fantastic. Could you share a few success stories or maybe some examples that have come to mind for you that have made an impact on critical infrastructure in Florida? The best one, I've talked about it already, is putting together a tabletop exercise for the small and medium counties in Florida. The small and medium counties are really constrained. There's a, a young lady that works in a county that is the accountant and the IT manager for the entire county. So that young lady really didn't understand what her responsibilities were. But after the tabletop and our, our deck on the risk assessment and the focus group, she had a very good understanding and realized that it wasn't going to work, her doing both jobs. So she was going to definitely go back to her leadership and tell them that this is a much more serious issue and there needs to be someone that's focusing 100% of their efforts on cybersecurity, not 50%, not part-time. So that is probably the biggest success story is our delivery in laying out the tabletop, the deck, and the focus groups to educate everyone that we can in the state of Florida. Uh, yeah, no, that that is great. Yeah, the tabletop exercises, bringing in a retired FBI agent, going through the risk assessment, the focus groups, and then closing that feedback loop, getting insight from the state and Florida Digital Services. I know they're doing a great job over there. Shout out to my guys, Jamie Grant and Jeremy Rogers. Yes, yes shout out. <laughs> yeah, this is if, and we're going to, we'll probably put this episode out on Tuesday on our next release. We'll just turn it around real quick. But for folks in Florida listening, this is going to be in Hillsborough County, June 21st. We talked about what's going to, what the agenda is from a high level. How long does that go? Is this a half day, a whole day? What should people expect? Three and three to three and a half hours, half a day. 
And we typically provide lunch so that they don't have to worry about leaving in a hurry and finding lunch then going back to work. Something I didn't mention earlier in my our outreach efforts is that we attend a lot of conferences. We have been to the Governor's Hurricane Conference. We have been to the Florida Information Systems Association Conference. We're going to the School Association Conference. We Every conference we can find out, we will go to man the booth, do giveaways, talk to people about the risk assessment. If we can work our way in to do a presentation, we will present on the risk assessment. So we must have attended maybe almost two dozen risk conferences since this began. And we're doing another one on June 6th at the Tampa airport. It is called the Tampa Port Authority and Tampa Airport Safety and Security Summit, where we're going to talk about safety, but we're also going to add a component of cybersecurity this year. I think it's the first time which safety and cybersecurity kind of go hand in hand. I believe physical security and cybersecurity should be closely related because there's a lot of interactions that can occur between the two. One being if you can physically get into an area, then you can do some cyber issues or vice versa. Yeah, no, that's great. We're going to put that in the show notes. Also, that is coming up. I always love me some Tampa whenever I go there. Emilio, as we wrap this up, are there two to three CIOs or tech leaders that you love to hear next on the Public Sector Show by Tech Tables? I had the opportunity to meet the Rapid7. I'm not sure if he's a CIO. Maybe he was a co-founder. But they just came to Tampa, just opened the office. That'd probably be an interesting uh, talk for you around why they chose Tampa and why they're building out here in Tampa. And we're working Cyber Florida and Rapid7 to collaborate on some things, which I can't say right now because it's in the early stages of discussions, but that is a really neat move for them to come to Tampa Bay, Tampa itself, and open up in the Channelside district. Yeah, no, that is awesome. I will, I'll have to check, I'll have to definitely check them out. Always love learning about new companies and and what's happening. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Am I able to put your email out there for folks who want to either connect with you or learn more about the event that's either going to happen on June 6th in Tampa or in Hillsborough County if they're going to be in that area? Yes, absolutely. I have one more announcement I want to make on June 9th at 5.30. We have a CyberWorks event going on. It's our 20-week certification program. We have a cohort of about 50 people that went through the program. They uh, passed their certification courses. So these are individuals that have transitioned, could be military, first responders, underrepresented groups. Most of them are working adults with a working background. They're looking to change careers into cybersecurity. So if you'll come to this event at Armature Works on June 9th at 5.30, and you're looking to hire someone, that's a great place to go. Oh, that's great. So. 50 people, around 50 people went through a 20-week certification program and, and are looking to get some jobs. That's yes. great. What What is the stat before we jump? I'm, I forget the stat. I think it's uh, something like close to 800,000 cybersecurity jobs across the U.S. are mm-hmm. looking to be filled. I think on average, it's something in that 25 to 30,000 range per state. What's the, the number in this? Time. Yeah, that's the last time. Sorry to interrupt you, but the last time I looked, Florida had about 40,000 open cybersecurity jobs. 
40,000 open cybersecurity jobs. So everyone that goes to that event who went through that certification program should leave with a job. Yes. Yes, everybody. Yes. Awesome. And that's part uh, of the outreach, getting the information out, inviting all these companies to, that want to hire to come and do interviews right there if they want to or set them up for later. <clears throat> Got people that are trained, certified, and they're ready to make a career change. I love that. For any leaders who are listening, June 9th is going to be the place to be, whether you're public sector or private sector. And uh, if you're in a different state and you're wondering, hey, what impact, how can we make this happen too? I don't know who the Emilio is in the other 49 states, but go find that. And and this is going to be, this is a larger topic that I really guess the whole workforce challenge piece. And, and how that gets fixed is with creative solutions and whether that's certification programs, just getting people into jobs and training them up and then leveling them up in their careers. That's just going to be, that's just how you're going to fix it. And so it, who knows? The net, this person could have been an Uber driver and now they're doing cybersecurity. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. I talk to people all the time when I'm talking about the risk assessment. I also talk about Cyber Florida. I talk about our education programs. I talk about CyberWorks because you never know who out there is going to hit on one of them and take the advantage and take the course. Um, and funny story, one of the students in CyberWorks that's graduating is my neighbor. And this is a really interesting story. Hurricane Ian came through, knocked some trees down and stuff. So I'm in my yard cleaning up. He's in his yard cleaning up and we're come to the property line where there's a, a tree that we need to get cleaned up. And we start talking, where do you work? Where do I work? He talks about cybersecurity. I said, really, you want to be in cybersecurity? Why don't you look at this program? He looks at it. He gets accepted. Now he's going to graduate. So a chance of a hurricane putting us together and getting him in the program is how he got in it. So that's why. I talk to everyone because you just don't know how is it going to resonate and with who. <laughs> this risk assessment, my final words and our final thoughts, this risk assessment, this is the first time that a state has tried to do a risk assessment across all 16 sectors. Hasn't been done before. So I think we have a lot of states that are watching what we're doing and they may copy what we're doing in a slightly different format, but whatever, it doesn't matter. But we will definitely listen and we will definitely advise them on what we did, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and help them if they want to do a risk assessment for their state and find a baseline so they can apply some further legislation to help cybersecurity in their states. First time ever. So this is another thing that I'm excited about. It's groundbreaking. First time ever. It's just uh, an awesome experience to be a part of. Love that. With that, we're going we're gonna to end today's podcast, but I'm going to put all this in the show notes and... Uh, I would encourage anyone listening to the podcast to reach out to Emilio, and he's a friendly guy. He's going to talk to you at 5.30 on a Friday if you want to talk about cybersecurity. And you could be in Florida, you could be in a, you could be outside of Florida, but I think they say cybersecurity is a national security problem, too. Thank you for jumping on. Really appreciate it. We're going to link to all of the events and dates you're doing and to the website, and looking forward to seeing those 50 pick up some new jobs in the state of Florida. Absolutely. Joel, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I hope everyone out there stay safe. Have a, a nice Memorial Day weekend. I thank a military service member for their service. 
and let's get that risk assessment done. Thank you. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joe Tossi from TechTables.com, and you're listening to the Public Sector Show by TechTables. This podcast features human-centric stories from public sector CIOs, CISOs, and technology leaders across federal, state, city, county, and higher education. You'll gain valuable insights into current issues and challenges faced by top leaders. Through interviews, speaking engagements, live podcast tour events, we offer you a behind-the-mic look at the opportunities top leaders are seeing today. And to make sure you never miss an episode, Head over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and hit that follow button and leave a quick rating. Just tap the number of stars that you think this show deserves. And to continue this darn good conversation, head over to the Q&A section on Spotify.